Good afternoon, guys. This is Cat with Cat Jake City. We're here as uh, two guys who love Utah sports. This is our inaugural episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Utah football this year, BYU football, and a little bit of everything in between. This is my co-host, Jake. How's it going, guys? And we're here to get you started on our sports night. Cat, I am pumped. This is our first podcast, and... Doing so, I think it. I think it's very fitting that we talk about a little bit how this podcast came to be. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. So, um, I mean, do you want to do the honors of talking about I mean, this? Was your idea? Well, it was a little bit of both of our ideas, and actually, we've been meaning to get around to this podcast for a long time. Uh, we've been big sports guys, especially in Utah, for ugh, our whole lives. I mean, Jake and I have known each other for twenty plus years. Kindergarten, yeah, that would make it 20 yeah, plus. 20 plus years. We yeah. grew up in Bluffdale. Uh, we went to Bluffdale Elementary, and uh, Jake hated my guts, basically. Well, that's the funny story about it, is because uh, when we were in kindergarten, Miss uh, Miss Meekum gave Brennan a little present. You see, he got a, in a bus accident or something like that on the yeah, way to school. it was a bus accident. I Okay, well, here's the thing. I didn't cause the bus accident, so you can't be mad at me. Well, I don't know. You, you know you well enough that anybody knows... That it was probably you who caused that accident. No, but when you're like on the back of the bus or something, you weren't hurt or anything, right? What happened was I was in the bus and a car hit the back of the bus and I was probably jumping up and down the seats like a buffoon and my head hit the window. So my teacher felt so bad, she went out and she got me a, a little toy... Uh, piggy bank. Piggy bank, yeah. And, uh, and for some reason, Jake loved this piggy bank. Yeah, you don't even know where that piggy bank's at. So, I mean... I, I can't even recall the next time it I talked to It was 20 years ago, man. What? No, no, no. Right, right. But I think I think it wasn't until eighth grade until I even talked to you again. And then, I mean, what happened was uh, eighth grade comes around. We went to middle school together. Me and one of my buddies, our buddies actually, uh, we went toilet paper at your house. And a few months later, we were playing on the same Little League team. And your dad was one of the coaches. And I was uh, petrified about yeah. how intimidating your dad. Well, here's the thing. I told him maybe that it was you that toilet papered our house. That could have been why. Yeah, I mean, there's been many things which I have asked for forgiveness in this life, and that was definitely one of them well, from your father. Coach Payne, for sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we, uh, yeah, so we, we just love, we love Utah sports. Uh, we've known each other for quite a while. Um, like you said, that's kind of one of the backstories. We, we went to high school together. We played on the same high school football team. Uh, Jake actually played. I was more of a bench warmer. Um, but I, I tried. I mean, I was a, I was a tryhard. Jake, here's the thing: we played at Riverton, and no no offense to Riverton football, but uh, they don't use their receivers like they should. Now they do. Now they do. But when they ran the wing tee, oh dear goodness, it was, well, it was I, pathetic. So, I loved Riverton High School. I know we ran the wing tee, and I played receiver. I was like selling ice in a Antarctica, essentially what I was doing, playing receiver in the wing tee. Yeah, you but. were the Best receiving receiver at blocking for sure. Well, I mean, I weighed a little bit more than your typical wide receiver. I mean, I wasn't hefty or anything like that, but it isn't that that often that you see a six foot, one hundred eighty three pound receiver? Let's so. just put it this way, people: Jake Bowman probably would have played and been an all star at Bingham High School. Let's, <laughs> you know, because they throw the football. You know I me; mean? I can't wear the blue though. Can't wear the blue. <laughs> yeah, right. The anyway, blue. that's a little bit about us. Um, Huge Utah fans. Obviously, I mean, we try to keep it pretty real. We have a lot of good friends and uh, love love the Cougars and love looking forward to having them on and even other people's comments or whatnot as we uh, kind of get this going. But here's the first night. So, all right. So for the first part of this segment, I'd like to talk a little bit about ASU. 
um, and the Utes' defensive performance against them. They have a big boy receiver, Nikhil Harry. He had uh, quite a few yards, about three, three touchdowns, I believe. The guy had a day. Three yeah, touchdowns. Had, I would say a day. Uh, but he, he just made our, our defensive backfield look small. Yeah, I is mean, the word for it. Yeah, that's we we are defensive backs. You know, lots of kids come to this school because they see all the many defensive backs that we put in the NFL. And I mean, it was so exciting getting up for this game. You, I heard Whittingham early in the week uh, compare um, Nikhil Harry to Megatron, and you know the Utes faced Megatron, that Georgia Tech team in that 2005 bowl game, and they put Weddle, Eric Weddle, all day on him. Kid had under 20 yards. So here you think, uh, you know, Whittingham's probably praising the guy, saying Megatron. Well, what's Whittingham going to do? Is he going to put one guy on him the whole day? No, I think all three guys, Jalen Johnson, Blackman, and Gidry, they all wanted a piece of him. And, I mean, Nikhil Harry had six touchdowns going in that game all season long, and he gets three in one game. He had a hat trick. So what's actually really funny is that we actually watched this game together. Um, Jake and I try to watch a few games a year together and, and attend a few of them together. Um, but we actually watched this game together, and about halfway through the game, I said, "Why, why don't we just have Julian Blackman on him full time?" Because I, in my eyes, Julian Blackman is the Utes' best cornerback on, um, and he got torched. Yeah, I mean, Blackman. I love Blackman in the sense that he seems to use. He's usually in the right position. Does he make the tackle always? No. Does he blow the cover sometimes on a double move? Yeah, he does sometimes. But right before that half, Utah gets a seventeen, unan- gets seventeen unanswered points, and you know, they they score those points. Okay, it looks like Utah, you know, the consistency that we've seen from the offense, and they right before the half, ASU's driving, and Blackman drops a pick that ASU ends up scoring right before the half to take the lead. And what's really funny about that as well is that uh, we scored. If you remember the game, we scored with like two minutes and thirteen seconds left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and Jake looked over at me and, and said something like, too there's, much, there's too much time. And I said, there's no way our defense will make a stand. And they drove down the field and scored. I mean, it's so unlike Utah. I mean, Blackman gets a pick there. Mm-hmm. We'd probably go get another field goal, you know? Absolutely. So um, The other thing is, uh, Utah's defensive line, I don't know what their deal was. Lucky Fotu didn't play great. Uh, Bradley and Knight was not nearly in the backfield enough. Um, the linebackers... Uh, Chase Hansen, we we talked about this, but Chase Hansen, um, he he missed tackles. He missed a lot of tackles. He he didn't have his best game. And and Chase Hansen's probably been the most consistent Ute this year. Right, right. But let me ask you this: Was this an anomaly? I mean, are we going to see this going forward, or was this? Oh, absolutely not. No, I think the Utah, I think the Utah defense bounces back. I think they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Losing their starting quarterback will do that to you. Um, and we wish him a, a speedy recovery. But uh, I think the Utah's or Utah's defense it makes it they make a good stand this week against Oregon. Yeah. But uh, we'll have to see what what goes on. All right. So as we're recording this uh, podcast, we got some breaking news. Uh, Zach Moss has reportedly been injured in uh, practice and will miss the remainder of the season. Um, he's going to have surgery. Um, he posted on Twitter, so many emotions, so many tears, I'm coming back stronger, God's plan. Yeah. Um, and so, oh man, like what else could happen to this Utah football team? They already lost Tyler Huntley. Now Zach Moss goes down. It's been a rough week for Utah fans. That's for sure. I mean, people, 
talk about the November curse and you know how much I <laughs> love people talking about the November curse. I'm a I'm I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. A little but stitious. when it comes to the November curse that Utah fans and people in the state of Utah talk about, I don't buy it. But I mean Zach Moss going down is a huge blow. It's Sean O'Connell, uh, you know, former Utah player, played linebacker in the mid two thousands. He's the one he, he he broke the story, if you will, on Twitter, saying uh, very reliable source tell me that the Utah football running back Zach Moss will have surgery on injured knee within the week. Will miss remainder of season. When it rains, it pours. And <laughs> when it rains, it pours for sure. Like that's not that's not just something that. And here's the thing. You talk about the November curse. Um, I actually didn't believe it until this year. And You're you buying it? You call me a believer right now. You're buying it. it. Here's the thing. There's got... Okay, the football gods are against Utah. <laughs> That's the only thing you can say. Because they get smashed by ASU. Now, your quarterback, Tyler Huntley, goes down. He goes down right in the beginning of the third quarter. Well, it was more of like the middle end of the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they ever put he threw a pick the previous drive, so everybody's like, "Well, maybe he wasn't playing well." I still think if Tyler Huntley stays in that game, it's a hell of a lot closer than the, the final score at thirty-eight to twenty. Um, but he's going to miss the remainder season, and he's going to join his his really good friend and a teammate from high school and from little league, and and miss the remainder of the season. Look, I mean, at the beginning of the year. One of my bold predictions I had was Zach Moss was going to declare at the end of this year. I, there was probably four or five other um, eligible players for the Utes after this season that people thought might have a chance. And I, I thought Zach Moss was going to be the only one to leave. And I feel for him. You know, mm-hmm. there there was reports he was projected second-round, third-round pick. You think of the money he would be able to provide for his family. He, there was an article early, early in this week from the Salt Lake Tribune talking about the neighborhood he grew up in and how I, it wasn't very ideal. And so I feel for him. He, he was going to put his family in a position to uh, financially never have to worry. Mm-hmm. And so, so as a, as a Utah coaching staff, it's going to be hard to replace your guy that has over a thousand yards on the season. He's averaging over six yards a carry. Um, he's, he's got double digit touchdowns. Um, it's going to be hard to replace that guy, but a lot of Utah fans know we've got some depth at the running back position. Uh, we've got Armad Shine. Granted, he hasn't broke the 200 mark on the on the uh, the yards this year, but he's only getting five six carries a game. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what game it was. Was it the Washington State game? He had 10 carries, and mm-hmm. I think yep. that that's the only game he's hit double digits as far as carries. Other than that, he's not he's he hasn't gotten the rock too much, and I think. He's a solid back. We we saw him in that 2016 season, what he was doing, and before that, he that that Arizona game before he went down with injury, he was I mean he was it was he was pounding the rock for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I feel I feel for Zach Moss, one of my favorite Utes to watch run the rock. I mean, he's number four all time on the rushing list at the University of Utah, and the kid's a junior. You know, he's been able to do that in three years, and uh. But on the other hand, I mean, when was the last time you had to worry about the running back position at the U? It's been a while. I mean, it's been a while. Granted, we have Oregon coming to town. Oregon is um, a, a very inconsistent football team. Yes, they have six wins. They also gave up thousand yards to to uh, Arizona in a, a blowout loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the coaches have got a game plan um, where they're gonna they're gonna want to run the ball a lot, try to to uh, break up that defense. We're now going to have to rely on our young quarterback, Jason Shelley. 
and probably a lot of Armand Shine and a lot of TJ Green. Yeah, TJ Green, the redshirt freshman out of the state of Arizona. He's got the fastest wheels on the uh, as far as the stable of running backs that we have. And so he's had a great change of pace. And people even before Zach Moss got hurt, they were talking about the game plan being this week. Give the ball to Moss, give the ball to Moss, change the pace, give the ball to Green. You know, he's that, that home run hitter. But Well, uh, Utah's going to have to get it done without their two-star guys. Um. All right, talking about this Oregon game. Cat, let's let's talk a little bit about the keys for this game. Oregon, they love to run the ball. Nothing's changed, even though they got a really great quarterback this week, Justin Herbert. Uh, they're going to run the ball still. They they got some good running backs in the backfield, and we've always struggled against Oregon, especially the run game that last year's game when what they rushed over 300 yards on us. And mm-hmm. see, so, yeah, they don't they don't have a running back that um, like Eno Benjamin, who's got um, a lot of yards this year, but they have three or four guys that they like to throw in the mix. Uh, C.J. Verdell is their their big guy. He's got almost 700 yards this year. Um, they got Travis Dye, so they've got a, a quite a, quite a few um, running backs they throw in there. But the biggest thing that, that Utah needs to do this this week is contain Justin Herbert and that big uh, receiver Dylan Mitchell. Well, let me ask you this: You take away the run, or you take away Justin Herbert? Which which one do you do first? Do you want Herbert to throw it all over the yard? Because he hasn't been doing that necessarily, throwing it all over the yard. So I mean, if Oregon is a running team, and we force Herbert the pass. I don't think he's going to shred it. Just, I mean, they're like you said, Dylan Mitchell's great, but he ain't no Nikhil Harry. He ain't no six four two twenty. Go up and throw the ball anywhere you want. He's going to mow. He ain't that guy. Dylan Mitchell. He's a he's a finesse wide receiver. Runs really good routes. He's quick. He's fast. But I mean, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna beat you on a jump ball. I agree. I agree. Um, ASU. Um, their, their game film was probably the best game film for Oregon to watch because they beat us with Nikhil Harry. Yes, he is one of the best receivers. We've discussed that already. But they also beat us on these quick routes. Um, Justin Herbert has a quick release. He's accurate. He's tall. Um, I think Justin Herbert's probably the best quarterback the Utah will face this year. And that's saying a lot coming out of a Pac-12. Um, we don't play a lot of cupcake quarter- quarterbacks. We play a lot of good quarterbacks. And, and saying Justin Herbert's probably the best is, is, is not very arguable. arguable. Yeah, I mean the the Pac-12 has always been known for quarterbacks putting them in the NFL, and this year there there's some serviceable quarterbacks. You got uh, Jake Browning. You know he, he hasn't really performed like people would hope, but he's still a four-year starter out of Washington. We had the face uh, Manny Wilkins. Manny Wilkins. I mean, there was players on the team saying he's the best quarterback that they faced all year, and hopefully that's the case because I hope Justin Herbert doesn't. Pass up uh, uh, Manny Wilkins' performance from the last week. Well, but, they don't have any kill Harry, so I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, yeah. So we can agree. We agree. Defense, is ha- defense has to show up. That's the so big- I think the three things the defense has to do this week to, to really get the win is to contain the edge. Um, and uh, I think they'll do that. I think they have guys that are quick enough. Bradley and I, Cody Barton, as, as much as... <laughs> Cody Barton has been kind of inconsistent to me. A what? lot of people would argue with me. Cody Barton and, and Drake Wood. Chase Hansen is very fast. He's almost in every play. Cody Barton, I feel like sometimes is... Um, in, now, granted, he's had great games this year. Sometimes he's inconsistent, but he's got the speed. Chase Hansen's got the speed. I don't think they'll beat us on the edge. I think what the, the second thing that, that Oregon has to, um, to do to beat us and our defense has to stop is, is contain the quick passes. Um, ASU did that quite a bit. Uh, even when they were third and long situations, ASU would, would get out of it with their quick hits. 
Um, and then I think they need to control the turnovers and the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if we live in, 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 in Oregon's backfield, I think if we're pressuring Justin Herbert just like we did with Jake Browning, he'll make some bad decisions um, and, and we'll get some turnovers. Yeah, you bring up the quick pass and that, how, how big that's going to be on Saturday, that the, the corners aren't playing 10 yards off the ball, that they're up in their face, playing man coverage, bump all night long. You know, Don't allow that quick stuff. That way when we're sending pressure – the pressure actually means something, that they're actually getting to the quarterback, interrupting any rhythm that Justin Herbert has with his receivers. And so that's that's huge. In but my me, personal opinion, I think that the cornerbacks show up this week. I think they probably got a chip on their shoulder, um, getting beat up. You know, you, a, t- a lot of guys tend to come out stronger. They have had a week to sit on it, uh, to work on it. So I think that will be a big thing. Let's talk Utah offense against Oregon this week. So we lost Tyler Huntley. We now just realized we've la- lost Zach Moss. We talked a little bit about our, our backups, our mod shine. We talked about uh, Jason Shelley. What do you think Jason Shelley has to do to get it done against the Ducks? You know, I don't think he has to do that much. The key offensively, especially even before I found out, we found out about Zach Moss, the key offensively is the offensive line mm-hmm. and if they're going to show up. Obviously, if the offensive line shows up, you know, my, 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 my sister is running for 10 yards. You know, mm-hmm. you open up a hole big enough. That's going to be the key, and also giving them enough time. You know, early on they're going to want to establish a rhythm. Give Jason Shelley those easy throws, those quick well, if outs, you, if those you recall, Tyler Huntley was pressured quite a bit. Oh yeah, our offensive line did not have a great game. Yeah, um, a lot of the people were, were blaming Tyler Huntley for the poor performance in the first half, but really the offensive line played played not so good. Well, credit to ASU. One thing that uh, no one else has done is we we have a a very young core at center in that guard position, especially with. Uh, Lofal and Maka being hurt. And what ASU was doing, they had that D tackle in that, you know, between the guard and the center, they had them in that one tech. And then they bring up the linebacker right on the line of scrimmage. So essentially you're blitzing both A gaps and I mean with the young offensive line, they're making their reads, they're making their audibles and I mean, they just didn't well, account for it. And it's easy to get it's easy to get frustrated uh, as an offensive lineman, I would know. Um but <laughs> well, let's, I wasn't but, a great offensive lineman. But you I understand the game. I mean, um, the, the the game is always won at right? the line of scrimmage, and, and you've got to and you've got to be connected. You got to be on your on your teammates' side. You've got to be communicating, um, and it's a little harder to do when the opposing uh, fans are screaming in your face. But um, but it's doable, and we've seen these guys play a great game. So let me ask you this: I mean, we lose we lose Zach Moss, but when was the last time you worried about the running back position? I'm not worried. You you think we'll be fine with I think, Shine? I think Shine, and TJ Green. Shine has a lot of experience. Um, obviously, Zach Moss is the better back, but I think Shine has enough to get it done. Yeah. And if Shine doesn't isn't getting it done, we've got we've got guys like TJ Green, Devin Brumfield, Devin the, Brumfield fret. the freshman. He's yeah. been playing great. So I'm not super worried. I think I think the Tyler Huntley loss is more devastating than than the Zach Moss. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that will argue with me. Um, I think Tyler Huntley's evolved a lot over the past five or six games that he's played. The beginning of the season was hard. I think it was hard on a lot of the of the the young players. But I think Tyler Huntley comes back um, next year solid, strong, and has a great season. Um, I think Shelley, this is great for Shelley to get the experience. I think that he'll be a little more level-headed this week than he was against ASU. You have to think. The kids played, what, five snaps? Yeah, something like I that. mean, uh, probably more than that, but... but to be thrown into a, a game time situation, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be flustered. You're going to be playing faster than you need to be. I think. Or I think this week Utah slows it down against Oregon, 
They stop the run. I think they get a, a, a close win. Well, let me ask you this. Is this the recipe? Solid defense, steady running game, control the ball, and great special teams. Have you heard that recipe before? That's, that's U- the recipe for That's Utah, Utah football. football for years now. And so, I, mean, I we, think they get it done this week. We don't need a stellar performance from, from Jason Shell. We just need them to be manageable, put them in good situations, dink and dunk offensively with with the passing game, with the throw game, as Whittingham calls it. And, you know, I think our running backs are will be serviceable this weekend. All right, so moving on from Utah and Oregon, we're going to talk a little bit about BYU um, and their adventure up to Boise this last weekend to face the Broncos. Um, Coach Brian Harson has got a good, solid squad. They're 7-2. and two. They're sitting pretty in the Mountain West. Um, but, man, BYU lost a heartbreak this week. Yeah, I mean, well, expectations were high going into the season for Boise State. And even though they are 7-2 and two and – they control their own destiny in, in the Mountain West. This is a little bit of a disappointment. They were hoping to be that G5 school to represent the New Year's Six game. Uh, but it was. It was a heartbreaker. I, I, I don't ever pull for BYU. But putting myself in the, the, the shoes of my many friends who cheer for the Cougars, I, I felt bad. And Zach Wilson's a you know a promising quarterback going through some uh, growing, growing pains. Growing yeah. pains and, uh, you know... It's a tough one to swallow, the end of that game. All right, so um, if you would have told me that Boise State would score the um, that, the least amount of points this year against any opponent they've played. What are they averaging? Uh, they're, so their average right now is 38 points okay. a game, which is top 25 in the country. Okay, well, what was, what was the final score for Boise State and BYU? So the final score for Boise State and BYU last week was... Um, Oh, shoot. Here, oh, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't have it pulled up. I just know that touchdown at the end would have cost uh, Boise State the game, and the, but the Bamba don't break, you know? Well, and that's the thing. And so as I watched an interview this week of uh, Brian Harson, and he, and he told me – or told, not told me but personally, but he was talking about um, the, uh, the game, and he thought – he said that he thought that BYU was going to score. He thought that he was going to lose that game. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd be lying. So I, I got to watch, what, the last three or four minutes of that game. And when they're driving, what's going through my mind is the 2016 BYU-Utah game when Taysom Hill here is driving all the way down. And, you know, they get past midfield. My dad leans over and says, this game's over. They're going to go score. They're going to go for two. And, you know, I try to be the most optimistic person in the world because it makes me feel better, just as it would for anybody to be optimistic. And sure enough, BYU scores. They're going for two. And... I was just, I don't think I even breathed for the next two minutes until that play was over. But I mean, I, I had flat, that, that was what was flashing through my mind was here they are driving down the field to go score. You know, true freshman, I mean, it was going to be poetic. Well, what's interesting is so uh, we said that they averaged 38 points a game. So Boise State, the final score was 21 16. So if you would have told me Boise State scores 21, 21 points, points, can and, BYU answer? Right. And, <sighs> and in reality, BYU, who only scored 16 points this game, has had a lot of offensive woes. They switched to Nick Wilson or uh, Zach Zach Wilson, excuse yeah. me. They they switched to Zach Wilson. They're getting a lot more offensive production. They're still not finding the end zone. Um, they're still struggling to score. I think that's promising for the Y. Well, yeah, I think I saw a tweet from Hans Olsen. What they're starting five or six freshmen on this offense. You're going to go through growing pains, especially at the quarterback position, and you're seeing flashes. You see the difference how BYU is playing, not just offensively, offensively, but as a whole. Mm-hmm. Look at the demeanor of that team since Zach Wilson's gone on. In, in post game um, interview, Zach Wilson was talking about the uh, final play where 
he got um, he got sacked. So he should have thrown the ball, right? He should have thrown the ball. Absolutely. Right, it was he a slant? Have, he should have thrown the ball. Out of, out Seven of seconds left, you throw a slant or right. a quick pass, um, you get and, another play, right? Yes, and uh, Satagi had told him that if the play is not there, to throw the ball out of bounds, to live, live for another down. Right. Um, I think he, he held on the ball a little too long, play wasn't there, should have got rid of the ball. Throw it out of the back of the end zone. Right, throw it out of the back of the end zone, throw it at the sideline, whatever. Um, and he even said himself that he made a mistake. And as a freshman, you're going to make those mistakes. I think this is promising for BYU football. Yeah. And I actually really like to see these guys do well. Um, It's it's healthy for the state. Granted, I'm a Utah guy, um, but I I like to see the Y do well. Um, I like to see Zach Wilson play well. And I think that the rivalries game coming up at the end of the, uh, the month is actually going to be a little more entertaining than than a lot of people thought yeah, going the, into the season. Yeah, Zach Wilson grew up a Utah fan. He's got tickets on the west side. And, I mean, we won't even go into the whole story why he's not playing for the U. or uh, <laughs> we, won't, we won't go down that Percy rabbit hole. Jack Tunnel. Yeah, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Uh, but, you know what? He's going to be great. You, you put a true freshman in. You see the promise that he's making. People were comparing him to uh, Max Hall-Alarm, Taysom uh, Hill-Lakes. Jimmy Garoppolo. I heard that one a lot I get, oh. I, when they were playing Boise State. And well, I don't see that one. My right. boy Munger would appreciate that comparison. <laughs> but uh, you know what? You put a true freshman in, it might take a couple couple games to to understand that, hey, i got to make that throw out of the back of the end zone. Hey, i got to tuck it right here and go. You know? And so he'll, he'll be he'll, fine. He'll grow. And I think uh, a big concern... Um, with with the Zach Wilson being at the the quarterback position is a lot of fans um, that I have spoken to personally think it's going to be hard to recruit um, guys around him. Yeah. Um, the thing about having a quarterback with a lot of talent, and and let's be honest, it's his first year, and and uh, he may be great, he may not be, um, but a guy like Zach Wilson, he's smart, he makes good decisions, <clears throat> he'll make these receivers who are three star athletes, maybe not even. Uh, or walk on these guys, he'll make them better. Um, if you remember a couple years back, Tanner Mangum, his freshman year, uh, was his freshman sophomore year, he came in and replaced Tanner um, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Um, he had these receivers who were awesome. Oh yeah, they were big, tall guys. Huge, they yeah. made plays. They went up. Tanner Mangum wasn't great. He the, his receivers made him better, and I think the why that's what's going to have to happen until they can get some better recruiting down there. But let's talk about uh, UMass. BYU travels to UMass this week. It's an earlier game. <clears throat> Um, UMass, not a great football team. Um, I wouldn't say that they're uh, a terrible football team, but I, I wouldn't say they're great. Uh, they have Andrew Ford at quarterback. Um, <clears throat> he has, he just, excuse me. He just some water? Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> he, he, he's almost to 1,500 yards passing on the season. Um, his completion rate is 65%. He's not a bad passer. Um, I think BYU is uh, a 14-point favorite. This week. Huge. Yep. I think that BYU gets it done this week. Well, this is the... I mean, Brennan might cheer for the Y once in a while. The only thing I cheer for is the Cougar Tails and the ice cream down there. But what the only thing that really has me concerned, BYU rolls these guys on paper. The game's not played on paper. The thing that concerns me is what? This is a 10 o'clock in the morning kickoff right. here at Mountain West. So here they got to go... Two time zones back east, and mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about BYU. You look at any any school. That well, has these to guys, are, these boys are going to get out of bed. And it's going to be time to play football. Yeah, the, the, when they're having their their pregame <laughs> meal, it's going to be at six o'clock in the morning. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. So I think I think mm-hmm. that could be the only thing that could really slow down BYU is themselves and 
the time the game's at. I still like BYU to cover. I think that defense. You pick front, them to cover? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I I I think that defensive front is good enough um, to stop any offensive production UMass will have. I think that BYU's Zach Wilson. I think their running back will get going. I think that BYU's offense will be productive enough to get the win and to get that fifth win on the year and head towards eligibility. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I. I'm picking the Y to win the game, but I'm not picking them to cover. I mean, UMass was a four-win team last year, went into Provo and beat the Cougars, and this team isn't hey, world beaters. Hey, this isn't last year. I know this isn't last year, <laughs> but I'm just saying this. You know, this. I if I was a bet man, which I'm not, I I wouldn't put money on the spread, but I would pick the Cougars to win this game. This is I just want to know. I do not bleed blue. I'm just a realistic guy here thinking about football. Um, so I think that uh, I think the Cougars get it done this weekend. Um, let's talk about um, their eligibility. Will they get six wins? Yes. At the beginning of the year, I had them winning six games. Did I have them beating Arizona and Wisconsin? No. But I had them splitting the Utah State and Cal game. They lost both of those. They had the I had them winning Northern Illinois. They lost that game. Other than that, I mean, this is this is a this is what's come of it. This is uh, them knocking on the door. They win this weekend. They should beat North, uh, uh, New Mexico State. Yep, There's absolutely. your six win right here. I don't. It'll be tough for them because if they lose this weekend, they beat New Mexico State. You know they're going to have to come into Salt Lake. They go into Salt Lake, and that kind of scares my uh, scares me as a Utah fan because I mean they got everything to play for in Utah. You know they're done with their conference play, but mm-hmm. you know Whittingham he loves he loves 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 to get his boys ready for this game for that game. But we'll we'll get on to that in a couple weeks when. Absolutely, I think the why um, I finished. I've got them picked uh, to finish six and six. I had them picked that way uh, at the beginning of the year, um, just because of the um, offensive. um, uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for here. Offensive woes from last year. I I knew they would kind of roll over for this year. I knew the defense. Defense is usually solid at the Y. They got some good guys. Um, So we'll see how they play against UMass. I think the the uh, final score. I think Utah or uh, UMass or excuse me, BYU puts up at least thirty points against UMass. UMass defense is bad. They're bad, and I think I think that the, the BYU is going to have a breakout game. So wrapping things up, let's talk just briefly the state of college football. We have the rankings coming out for the second straight week. I mean, Bama's Bama, man. Is anyone going to beat them? No, no, absolutely not. I think Bama stays. I think they go undefeated. I think they win the national championship. I think they play Clemson for the national championship. I just don't see anybody beating Bama. Their quarterback play is absolutely amazing. I think he wins the Heisman. Um, and I think Nick Saban gets another ring. Well, I mean, how can you bet against them? So I think Clemson gives them a game. I don't think it's just as easy as just saying Bama's the national champions. Uh, I think I think they can give them a game. It would be interesting to watch that Michigan defense if they – play each other in the playoffs, watch that Michigan defense play against that Bama offense. Uh, Michigan's got a nasty defense, but, I mean, I don't even think if you had all six Infinity Stones that you could still beat Bama with that. <laughs> well, that after what away. Michigan did to poor Penn State last week, I would have to agree with you. Penn State, who has a pretty good offense, came in and got smashed. Yeah. Absolutely smashed. Final score of that game was 42-7. Michigan just gave it to Penn State. Uh, side note, Penn State is also my favorite football team, other than the Utes. So uh, that's kind of a tearjerker for me. He's a real fan. I mean, weren't you at the Fiesta Bowl last year? I was at year? Fiesta Bowl last year, yes, yeah. and watched uh, Washington get smacked. And I'm not going to say I didn't, hey, I didn't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, 
we're, we're getting to the fun part of college football. The greatest thing about college football is the season. Every week matters. And here we are coming into the last month of the season. It's awesome. So, I mean, we'll dive a little bit more into college football. Um, I don't think we should even be able to, to use November as a word anymore. What do you, oh, I just, I just, not a don't good, believe it's in not the a curse. Good, it's not a good month for Utah. So, uh, answer me this. Let's close this up. Let me just ask you this. Utah wins on Saturday with Shine at running back. And with Shelley at quarterback, all these people talking about November. I mean, what 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 are people going to make about it over the weekend if Utah pulls off this win? Well, I can tell you this: all the bandwagon Utah fans will be back. <laughs> um, they will be back on on the bandwagon, and I think that we. I've still got Colorado circled as a win. Um, I don't think Colorado is a team that uh, that's been consistent. They they played a lot of not so good teams. They started out five and zero. They were ranked yes, but they played some pretty bad teams. Last question. Yes. Utah beats Oregon. Utah beats Colorado. Is that enough for them to win the South? I know they need help from absolutely, ASU. Absolutely, absolutely. They win those I two games, they'll be the South. I teams. think they'll they'll win the South. Yes. I think I think ASU drops um, one more game, whether that's to Arizona or uh, Oregon. They've got to travel to Eugene. Here's, I think it's next week. Oh yeah, Eugene's They're at home. Their last home game against UCLA. UCLA. This here's week. my here's my stat for you. I want to leave you all with. Now it is hard to win in this conference. I don't care who you play. No Pac-12 team this season has won both back-to-back road games. You know, we, we the schedule, we talk often about uh, how frustrating it is that we play nine conference games. But these back-to-back, you go on the road one week, you're on the road the next week. They're tough. And guess what? No team has won a back-to-back, swept, swept a back-to-back on the road this season. No team in the Pac-12. Utah's had to do a back-to-back road game twice. Here's the fun thing. ASU ends the season on a back-to-back road trip to Eugene and to Tucson. Dude, that was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely a lot more nerve-wracking than I thought it would be just the two of us, but I guess when... Uh, when uh, Well, you talk about it. <laughs> we, uh, we've had these conversations hundreds of thousands of times, um, and to put it down in a podcast to actually record something that we are so passionate about is extremely fun and we're just grateful that we had the opportunity to do so yeah what and what's the most part about the most fun part about this is this is our first time it's only going to get better hopefully knock on wood but uh what 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 we really hope for is uh, to make this the people's podcast we really look forward to you guys sending us questions maybe even joining us on the podcast uh we really just want to you know talk sports we love it brendan and i have always loved talking sports together and you know we know many of our friends that love talking with us and we enjoy it. So hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, text message. We got an email. What's our email now? We got it. Uh, it's catjakecity at gmail.com. So yeah. um, one quick thing, too. Um, we uh, we want to hear from you guys. So if you guys have questions, hit us up on our Facebook page. It's called it's uh, Cat Jake City. Um, we will guess you guys can post some questions there. We'll, we'll answer them. Um, and it, this, this podcast won't start and end with BYU and Utah football. Um, we're, we're hoping to get some jazz basketball in here. We're hoping to get some Real Salt Lake. We're, hope, we're hoping to talk all Utah sports because we are passionate about the state of Utah. We're passionate about the sports here um, and, and the fans. We love the fans here. Um, so uh, signing off for our first episode, this is Kat. And Jake. And good night.